What's going on, people? You are listening to the You Can Miss Me With That podcast. My name is Luther, and I'm here with a friendly, familiar face, and actually now in person, live. What's up, Corey? How you doing? Hey. <laughs> She's, uh, Corey's still rocking that spicy look, looking great, air potted out, making sure she flexing on the people real quick. But um, yeah. I wanted to talk to you, Corey. Um, I called you actually, what, yesterday? And you just, of course, like the great person you are. Uh, you're always willing to kind of talk and every time educate me, especially on these uh, types of issues, because I'm just learning. And I'll always admit that I'm just learning about Black issues. Because for the longest time, for like, I did my job. And if you kind of understand what I mean, I went to college, I graduated, I played football, I stayed away from everything and then now that you know i'm obviously completely out on my own i'm starting to learn about the injustices and also me being african it's like i have also african issues that i think i I put a lot of time into when i could have put a time in a lot of time into both so in a way i was hampered and now i'm learning and to a lot of people i'm learning way too late and um, I could talk about my younger days where I'm not, I was called an Uncle Tom or I was trying to, like, I'm, I was being accused of pleasing white people. And really, I was just staying away. I was like, look, this isn't my problem right now. I got to do what I'm supposed to do to make sure that I don't let my mom down. I don't let my family down. And I got my own personal goals to take care of. And then I focused way too much on those goals. Then I guess my fellow, uh, my fellow man, let alone my fellow black man, so to speak, or my fellow black person. So let's go, Corey. I mean, you were able to listen to the episode, um, basically the day of, and uh, I guess tell me what your impressions are of of the last episode where I talked about George Floyd and everything that has gone on after that. Yeah, so first and foremost, thank you for having me in this virtual space. Also, I like the episode. I think you did a really good job of starting it off with that clip um, from Jalen Rose, right? Mm-hmm. From Jalen Rose. So I thought that was really great. It, I mean, it makes sense because it pairs those two worlds that we don't think exist um, the way that they do together mm-hmm. in that kind of light. So I like that a lot. I think that made a lot of sense. I think you made some really good points and you eloquently stated that we as Black people are so tired we are tired and we are fed up and it just i think it's bringing to light so many different perspectives of people and it's it's really telling that everybody is not your everybody all skin folks and kin folks and everybody doesn't have the same thought in regards Mm -hmm. to human life um and sometimes it's even a little closer than you would think it is and it's also so telling just how silent some people are choosing to be that make money off of this culture, um, off of black dollars, off of black experiences and where they're choosing to use their silence and how they decide to be an ally with us is so telling right now. So I think so, you did a really good job. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Corey. So for those of you guys who don't, um, you guys aren't familiar with the clip that uh, Corey's talking about. So on the last episode, I use a clip from Jalen Rose and it's amazing how the people who aren't like 
uh, I guess real political activists or anything or anybody like that um, have some of the best words to say. And Jalen Rose said, I wish America loved us as referring to black people as much as they love black culture. And um, it, and he's like, that's a shirt in itself, by the way. And um, it, it was love like our culture. Mm-hmm. On, so. so, and, and it was so telling because I mean, you, you don't you, just talk to a black person right now. They're all carrying some kind of hurt. Like you, you hear it on the screen watching Marcus Spears, who's the one of just a, a humongous dude played in the NFL. And he's crying, trying to explain to his son when his son asks him, his son's like, I think 10 years old, asked him, Hey uh, dad, how come the cops didn't get off? How come they didn't get off of him? And then, Marcus can't even explain it. He just starts crying literally right on ESPN airways in front of the nation. He just starts crying. I mean, I'm sitting there and I'm starting to tear up. Like my mom calls and we start talking about it and then we start tearing up. I mean, I can't speak for you, Corey, but all the different people like I've just either spoken to or shared a text with and and we're tired. Like the reason why we're so angry is because how come we have to fight for those things that it seems like everybody else gets. It's what America promises, right? The minute you step on here, the minute you're born, you're, you're born with these unalienable rights and privileges that America tells you that you, that you earn by living here. But we as black people still don't have those. And maybe just not the way that uh, so, some white people would say, oh, no, you totally do. And I'm like, well, then why is George... Why did Mr. Floyd, why did George Floyd get killed in the street for what was a, a forged $20 bill? We allegedly. shouldn't even know his name. Yeah, allegedly. We, we shouldn't even know his name. We shouldn't even know his name. He should be at home with his family. That's where we should be. Yeah. I don't know. So, I, I mean, I brought you on here because I, in a way, uh, so to speak, you are more, you're more known about the culture than I am. And having a young voice who knows about the culture on this podcast, like you can definitely illustrate. And for the people, for the, I know the multitude, I'm going to say multitude, for the, for the white people that listen to this podcast, I just need them to hear it from somebody who can actually like say it better than I can. Cause I will learn, they will learn. Some black people who listen to this will learn. And um, that's why I brought you on here. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Cause I never, Every literally every conversation we've ever had, even when we're just like roasting each other, I have never left like that room or whatever we're at without learning something. So I mean, Corey, Hi. just 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 educate, please educate. Like you were my first call. You were my first call. Besides my mother, you you were my first call. Just well, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I was telling my mom today that I was on this podcast, and I was. She was like, you going to talk about what happened? And I was like, of course I'm, we're going to talk about what happened. People only call me for black things. So it's this, irresponsible is my, this, is where, <laughs> this is my leverage. This is where it's at. This is my superpower. But um, you had asked me earlier and I needed to think a little bit more. And then I, I was thinking as we were talking about it a little bit, but you had asked me like what stood out to me about your, about the episode, your last episode. Um, and so you were talking about you and you just kind of touched on it just then and how you were saying, like, we should know um, our brother George Floyd's name. Like, we should not know it. He shouldn't be making headlines in this way. 
And then I think on the episode you had mentioned like we shouldn't know him, but we also shouldn't know, you know, his killer's name. We shouldn't. And I was and it. I think that part kind of hit me because it's like, no, absolutely. We should, because this isn't a first time offense. This isn't, this is something that is so grossly negligent of this entity that we allow to protect us and serve us. So they say, but like we just as people, I think, especially like a people, um, non-black people, non-people of color, like that don't have to regularly think about these entities that are supposed to protect and serve us, that are supposed to, you know, treat us for medical reasons, that are supposed to do all these things um, for their citizens, for their communities. And it's like, we don't until this happens. And even when this happens, it just shows you just how clearly protected they are how this is just a part of a system that they've bought into, that they've played into, that they've grown accustomed to, that lacks so much accountability. Because what we should have known was that this man had a history and that he absolutely had no business being at work, on the job, getting taxpaying dollars up until last week. Like with all of the incidents that this man has had that is like shown like an obvious display of his lack of care for people, for humanity in general, and just being a servant to the public. This, this should not have happened. It shouldn't have happened. It should not have happened. And this is, I think it's just one of those moments where we're like, wow, as black people and like black and brown people, we're like, oh, of course, yeah, duh. That's not a shocker another bad cop, right? And it's like, people are seeing this and they're like, why is this happening? No, why has it been happening? Mm -hmm. Why is this another video that we have to sit by and watch and hope and pray that we get justice for, but in the back of our mind, we already know like, we probably not gonna see it. It's probably gonna be a slap on the wrist, if that, and they are just gonna fade into the headlines and they'll just relocate, they'll move, and they'll continue working and doing this terrible stuff to people in these communities that they're <laughs> supposed to be protecting. And we just won't hear about it until the next George Floyd happens. See, that's one thing I bring up where I, I just have this feeling they, they're going to find a way to uh, get them off. And America is going to burn. Like the reason Minneapolis burned was because Derek Chauvin got to go home and eat dinner with his family for three more days. Meanwhile, yeah. uh, George Floyd was lying in a morgue somewhere. Absolutely. And it's, I'm sitting there like, for we real. We are tired. We are so tired. And I mean, just to give you an update, I don't know if you saw, they upgraded his charge from third degree to second degree murder. And then they finally, they said they're going to charge the other three officers. Mm. And I, I can I, I don't understand how as a human being like the one besides uh, Chauvin that I I got really mad at was the Asian uh, police officer. How? You just you just are you I mean, mm -hmm. it's in terms of, like uh, to go back to sports. It's um it's like when you when you're in a brotherhood, even even when we're in football, like you got to be able to be, tell your brother that he's wrong. Like you say, like we all know, like. Being in law enforcement is part of, part of being a brotherhood. Mm -hmm. How can you literally stand there and watch this man kill somebody when even the even even the 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 worst like narcissist knows that there's something wrong? They just choose not to do it, or they just choose not to follow that, that impulse and stop it. Mm 
Like you sat there, you you were like, oh, he can talk, he's fine, and you literally hear him. Like he, he, like when the bystanders who are not trained in law enforcement are giving you better like options than what you're actually doing. Even the EMT at the end is like, let me check his pulse, let me make yeah. sure he's okay. Yeah, and you're 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 getting ready to mace her, and I'm like, I'm sitting there like, that's the like, Chauvin's number one, that. Asian officers one B. That's who I'm like. You had a, a ample opportunity to yo. He's on the ground. Just put him in a car. Yeah. And I'm sitting there like you're the other guy that I'm like yo. It's on site. I'm sorry. It's on site. And I sat there and I made this one point because I even say on on in last week's episode I have an uncle who's a police officer. I mm. have basically. Uh, a guy who was like a second father to me who's also a police officer in California. Those four cops made their jobs so much harder. That, and, I kn- and I know them. I've been on ride-alongs with them. They're part of the, the, the people who just who do their jobs, who actually protect and serve. And mm-hmm. I'm worried about their safety all the time now. Because it's not fair what Derek Chauvin and those people did are, is going to make their jobs hard. It's not fair. It's not. But I think that's I, I I also have family that are, you know, law enforcement and first responders. And I do think I see how chaotic this can be um, and will be for them going forward. But I also think that this is kind of the point where they get to they get to choose like their path. They can choose to pivot right now and decide like, hey, as a as a unity, this is where it has to be like, hey, it's a couple bad apples. that are, That's what everyone keeps saying. You can't blame one for all. Mm-hmm. But if there's so much more good cops that are doing their jobs, who are literally protecting and serving, who aren't staying silent when these atrocities are happening and checking their fellow officers, then they 100%, this is their moment to say like, hey, I don't agree with that. I'm not okay with a system in place saying that that is okay mm-hmm. and that we ought to protect them. I think this is the moment where you literally have to mobilize to protect yourself, like to protect yourself, but also to kind of change that narrative and change the culture or at least start the process. I think the the thought is for us is like, cops all stick together. Yeah, they may not all be bad. However, we don't get to see the opportunities in the moments where they literally challenge or they force accountability on these people or these fellow officers. Like we don't get to see those moments. Like, I think we see bits and pieces of them, but we don't ever see, like, a sense of, like, everyone being on the same page. Like, yeah, let's get them out. You know when we see those moments? And, like, when they make movies about them 30 years from now. Like, American Gangster. Where uh, Russell Crowe and his, and his squad clean up the New York Police Department. Yeah. That was in the 70s. Like, you, you see those in, like, me, like you see those in in media, like, produced media or maybe i guess you can say like that one uh sheriff who took his right gear off and walked with the people like mm-hmm. that's one story or uh the guy i can't remember, i think he was in atlanta where some guy somebody was getting arrested and a cop had his had his knee on that dude's neck yeah and then another cop came in and literally basically pushed the guy off of him like what are you doing and, and, and i'm sitting there like, fear. i'm certain there's a fear of like people you know, like not wanting to be a whistleblower, but at the same time, like the protection that I would imagine that they probably don't feel 
with them is kind of like shut up and just go along with it or else. And it's like people should not have to like say I'm resigning from the badge because I want to go protest. People shouldn't have to, if this is their life, you know, dream, they shouldn't have to give it up because some terrible people are doing some very terrible things. Mm -hmm. I do believe like, if this is a, a case of like a few bad apples ruining the bunch and everything else is salvageable, then I believe that you have to call out the people in the room. You have to, you've got to be able to say like, this isn't right. I don't want to lose my job. I don't want to lose, you know, the things that I've built to have this career because I know I'm doing it with the right purpose. Right. Mm -hmm. I shouldn't have to give that up because I'm, it's either their way or the highway. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. Like we have to call that into accountability. That's where the force of the accountability has to be. It needs to be like, we extricate these people. We're not going to protect them. We're not going, we're not going, you know, pay them for administrative leave while we investigate. We're not going to do these, thing we're gonna call them out in the room and protect the people that's literally it otherwise you don't need to exist if you're not gonna do what you're meant to do for the public then you don't need to exist mm -hmm. so uh i bring up also in the episode that the reason why um the reason why i say the cops should be more stringent on law enforcement is because they have that special power like i use joe rogan as an example like joe rogan finds a great way to input many things. Well, mind you, I'm not going to him for black issues when he just puts a very kind of um, practical perspective on it. Like when you think about it, cops are just people like you and me, except they're mm -hmm. given that power to basically decide life and death every day. And with getting that power, there should be extra supports. There should be um, like, you got to be an exceptional individual to be a cop. Like, I'd say not everybody can be a cop. Like, I can't be a cop. Right. I don't know about you, Corey, but I know certain people in my life who can't be in law enforcement. And, um, like, we shouldn't, law enforcement should be some of the best of us. The same way we see the the people who are, um, doing, when COVID really at grip in America, like, before I think the second wave is going to come in, where we're watching all these first responders, all these essential workers who are some of the best of us. And um, I'm sitting like, in order to make sure that they stay the best of us, we have to either train them the right way, or um, we have to we have to support them the right way. Because I've seen, like, I've just seen, um, like, my second dad when he comes home from a when he comes home, and I'm just at obviously I'm at his house from a tough day at work, from a tough day being a cop, and how that affects him. The rest, he, let's just let's just even go for like the rest of the night because he just saw something crazy, and I'm sitting mm -hmm. like, man, like, and he just got to go back tomorrow. Like, he can't go to like a psychiatrist, like, and and, and actually have a session. Like, not like, oh, we're just kind of sending you here to send you here. Like, actually take it seriously because what you what you take home from work also comes back with you in the morning. You know, mm -hmm. so like, I don't want. Like if I get pulled over and I'm already stressed enough because I'm getting pulled over because I'm a black man and just look what the hell has happened to black man and black first of all not even black men just black black people in general over the last two months I don't want you because you had a you had you saw something crazy at work or you had a fight with your wife and then you're gonna bring that energy to me at a traffic stop like I gotta right. I gotta make sure you you're at your best all the time because that's what the job demands yeah. is that you be at your best. Is that you? I agree. Yeah, that you protect and serve at your best. 
Yeah. And, and that's why I'm saying, like, I can't. Why are we not willing to invest more in that? I mean, but I also think the conversation also demands that we look at other professionals or other careers that demand that kind of like mental bandwidth. Like we don't ever, we never think about like what a doctor or like a surgeon's going through, right? Like there's never a thought that comes across like, you might have had a bad day yesterday. You might've saw some crazy things yesterday, but I'm just hoping and praying that, you know, it goes well mm-hmm. the way we do with cops. And it's like, we now we're forced to say like, I don't, I have to consider the baggage that you may have when it deals with my life because I could lose my life because you were scared or maybe you were distracted or maybe you were just pissed off at the world today. Mm. But we don't ever think twice, like we don't ever kind of issue that, not excuse or cushion, but it almost, I mean, it almost is. Like we don't say that about anybody else, you know, any other first responders, we're never like, what if they're distracted and they're not going to drive well and then they're not going to see they're driving it. Like we don't ever give them those excuses. Mm-hmm. I do think like in any profession that demands that you show up a hundred percent of yourself every single day, um, that it, it does come with some type of like mental protection and like it allows you to decompress and there's better practices around that. But I also think like, Hey, this is a part of the job. And at any point in time, if you don't want to do the job, then you either leave the job or you create better ways for the job to work for you as well as you work for the job. And so I think that's that's a lot of the conversation is, too, is like, yes, we do need better sensitivity training. Yes, there should be way more procedure and protocol before guns are drawn, before that decision even escalates to that point there should be more monitoring and checking of these things before officers go out in the line of duty. Are they fit to be here today? There's certainly 100% should be more of that, but also taking into consideration that we don't give those kind of assurances to other people, but we still demand that they show up and they do their best. Mm-hmm. So, um, I think, in, and also, there should be more checks and balances than what they already are, because they the police it's like they they don't they're not following it. Like body cameras, the one thing um, I talked to uh, I talked to a police officer about is like when in terms of body camera footage, you have to have a place to store them, and I, that's and constantly because um, um, let's just say something happens ten years from now, you still should be able to go back to that footage. But I'm sitting there like, if you're gonna have that ability to have body cameras on you. Um, like how many times have we seen something go crazy and then all of a sudden they say, oh, our body cameras, either they forgot, they forgot to turn them on or like, oh, they just weren't functioning properly. And I'm sitting like, then why, then why the hell do you have them on? I just can't even understand why that's even an excuse anymore. Being that they're, it's not a new phenomenon anymore. Like I got it when we started, everyone just started kind of issuing body cams to police officers. It was like, oh, I forgot. Got it. But in 2020, that like it, yeah, in terms of myself being like, if I was a police officer and I know I'm going into a stringent or I'm going into a crazy situation, my body camera would be completely on. If, yeah. like, um, maybe the only times if it's like an actual, like a real life emergency that I'm like, oh crap, something's going on. I need to get there right now. That's the only thing I can think of. But like, maybe I get up for the, the only time I turn off is what I'm going like on my break. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gonna go eat something. 
And even then, knowing my butt, I just forget to turn it off. So, so somebody would see me having like gates or something. But, yeah, I mean, honestly, I I do think like there should be like, I think the issue should be like people recording way too much versus like not recording. Like there should be that mm-hmm. accountability, especially now. It's like I don't want to be. I want all of my dots to be dotted and T's to be crossed. Like I I don't want no smoke. So I'm gonna just make you sure. Know, yeah. You can prove yeah. this is what happened here and then and when. Mm-hmm. Like you should know now as a police officer, you're under more like scrutiny than ever. And dear God, you should be able to present your case as well as possible because you already know. I mean, how many different angles have we gotten of of George Floyd's final moments? From the first video, which literally showed the last nine minutes of his life, from the worst possible angle to the to the cell phone video across the street to the uh the there was it the corner store that had the camera. There was another. There was at least four or five different angles that we that have been released to the public and bet money. There's more. That's a blatant disregard. And that somehow, was the moment that they knew, like the smirk on the face, the hands in the pocket. That was the look. I know I'm part of the good old boys club, and I know I'll be taken care of. At the and, very least, they'll mm-hmm. side with me. Did you see the the body camera footage that was released? I won't uh, be watching any more footage. It was. It was. Let, let me just say, it was insulting. It was insulting. Like, that. why? Why would you even release it? Like, parts of the audio were cut off. They uh, blacked out. Like, you couldn't even see George Floyd when they first got there. They blacked him out with like a black box. I'm sitting there like, well, this is not going to prove your point here. If you're trying to pr- put this out to prove a point, you already lied in the statement that you got caught up by the lady, the young lady who who put it on Facebook for the world to see. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we already have the footage. And then you're putting out this body camera footage for what? To show that your officers were right? It's and you can't even play the full story? Like, you're, you're hiding something here. And you, mm-hmm. you, you don't have that ability anymore to hide it. You've lost that credibility to hide it. They do so long at continue to get the results that they've been getting as long as governments continue to like mock and insult people of color and black people in these incidents as long as the justice system continues to prevail um, and protect the people that it's meant to protect it will work and they will know and they will continue to do these things with little regard to other people's lives because they know they will get off. They know there is little that can be done to them at this point. There's and they also, have the full backing yeah. of the president. Like, oh, We'll get into him later. Uh, having him walk up. You saw him hold that Bible upside down? Look, I don't know. Uh, I don't listen to nothing that happens from y'all no. president. Um, I only hear about things or see the things that I read on the news. But straight up. He, y'all knew that, man. Y'all we'll, knew we'll, that, man. We'll, we'll go in, yeah. Foolishness. Yeah, we'll go. I'll go into it after after this. So, um, oh, crap. I lost my point, my train of thought here. Oh, all right. So, on actually, another one of my friend's podcasts, um, we had a debate about, he just thought law enforcement wasn't needed anymore. Like, I said, I'm like, whether you like it or not, law enforcement is a is a pillar of society. If cops don't go away, Vigilantes would just take the role of cops. There'll always be law enforcement there. My thing just that this is how it is. He basically said um, cops should just put their badges down and they're done. And I'm like, for how long? Because America, um, I'm like, America will completely burn down. And he's like, America's already burning down. I'm like, you're not getting my point. 
So I guess my question is, do you believe, yeah, do you believe that, uh, I guess, cops are necessary? Because he he wholeheartedly believes that they're not. It's a toss-up. I think that you've literally got to gut out the law enforcement as it stands right now. Like, I do think if you strip it down, like, everybody, we're going to just, we're going to start over. We're going to just start from scratch. Day one, A1, we starting from scratch. I think that's what needs to happen. I do think there is there is a need for this protection um, as public servants. I believe it's necessary um, because as people, we just, we will not just, we just won't regulate ourselves. Um, and that's okay. That's what I, that's what I was telling them. But like people are going to take advantage. I'm not, I never said 100%. like, yeah, I never said, yeah. What I was trying to tell him is like, I'm not sitting here saying the law enforcement thing is perfect. If anything, you said it perfectly. If anything, we just need to completely start over because 100%. like um, the way the thing is running right now is wrong. But for you to believe that all those good cops, that they don't tell their, their stories when they're doing something great in the community, unless we see it on like a Facebook post, that those people deserve to lose their jobs as well is wrong. Like they're whether you want to believe it or not, they're good cops out there doing great stuff right now, doing great things for the community right now. And I'm sitting there like, the minute you take away that whatever that barrier is that there is, because oh, uh, another one who support another uh, one of uh, people I guess uh, on the podcast who supported his side was like, do you realize how many people there are to cops? Like I guess I guess civilian a cop. And I'm like, but there's a reason that that still works. Right. There's a reason that still works. You take away whatever that last wall is. We have complete anarchy here. And I said, you better be okay with all the people that are going to die. All the businesses are going to be destroyed. How society is going to completely change. You better be okay with that. Cause I'm not talking like, Oh, like 20, 30 people are going to die. We're talking potentially millions of people because it's like the purge is going to look like a children's movie compared to what's going to happen. But I mean, even think about it. Like, I mean, I know it's a completely fictional (laughs) experience and experiment but think about like how it even um did you watch the last one no the i didn't see the last one, one. i haven't seen oh the what are you doing one. with yourself get get it together it's, Anywho, it's, it's, it's i won't ruin my... it for you because you're gonna watch it but mm-hmm. the last one literally is the genesis of how it starts right the purge mm-hmm. and it just it just demonstrates that it wasn't like an innate thing that we just wanted to do like it's not people wanting to harm other people isn't necessarily like the large population of us wanting to do that. But there is like a thought like, okay, if I can just do, like if I dabble and drop people in these circumstances, they'll begin to act the way that we need to, to justify this being this, right? So I don't, I think as a person in general, I don't think that I could 100% say like, let's get rid of them, get them out of here. We don't need them ever again. But I also believe wholeheartedly the way that the system is constructed right now, I would do without. I I would I would do without. Just right now, the way that it's set up right now. But mm-hmm. I mean there's um I went to school, my undergrad my undergrad degree is for political science. And mm-hmm. there's this class, my favorite class was political theory. Mm-hmm. And there is a theorist, Thomas Hobbes, who talks about like a social contract, mm-hmm. right? And it's this whole big idea about like 
free will. Like if you give people free will, they will go out and do the dangerous things. Hence like the purge and all that stuff. And then, so there's this big fear, like we have to have order. We have to do this. We need to circumvent these things and create these boundaries so that people don't just go out there and harm other people. They don't just go out there and start, you know, stealing and killing and like whatever else dangerous things that we could possibly do. And I do like, I see the balance in that. I see the need because there are, I do feel like if we got rid of police a hundred percent, that right wingers are, are white supremacy folks, are MAGA supporters, are diehard two heirs are out there and they are doing harm. But I don't believe that the police is doing their best to circumvent those situations. I do think at the bare minimum, if we were to get rid of them, that would just overflow, overflow in abundance. So, but I do I believe we should defund them. Like, I don't believe they need like tanks. They shouldn't have tear gas. They should not have access to some of these. You shouldn't like, look warfare. like you're about to go fight. Like you said, like you're about to go fight a war, bro. These are American citizens. You should not be rolling tanks down the street. Like, you shouldn't have that kind of money. There's departments that are like, hey, we can't afford to have body cams, but you guys can all come out and riot gear for peaceful protesters. Like, what? You guys all have tear gas and like the fancy masks, but you don't have body cameras. Mm -hmm. Like, make it make sense. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So, um, so let's go into kind of uh, what I talked in, what I talked a little bit more. I guess I got about I guess our black, uh, like black. Mm -hmm. When I said black, whether you like it or not, black history is also American history. Like America would not be what it is today without black people. It was literally built right. on our backs. It was. If you want the whole essence. story, read black authors. Mm -hmm. And and you can't you can't like y'all. We 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 recognized when we were in school, and y'all just skip basically. Oh, Martin Luther King did this. Rosa Parks did this, and then we just kept it moving. And mm -hmm. then I'm saying, like, yo, hold up, I got more questions. Like, what do you mean he just did this? What do you mean they were in Selma getting attacked with by dogs and fire hoses? Like, like, and I was brought, I brought up Germany how. Um, Germany's biggest sin is the Holocaust, and they do not mm -hmm. hide from it when they went in, during, in education. They confront it, like, from the youngest person, like, this is what we did, and mm -hmm. you need to know about it so we don't go back here again. Meanwhile, mm -hmm. America's greatest sin, America, is slavery, but, and we just, like, nah, we just go, and literally having to explain to someone as recently as yesterday, like, we have had to fight for everything. When your parents were kids, your parents and my parents couldn't drink from the same water fountain. I want you to think about that. We couldn't walk into Arrowhead Stadium through the same entrance. We couldn't sit in the same places on the bus. We couldn't vote in certain places. Hell, we couldn't even go to the restaurants we wanted to go to. And I'm like, and and I use even a sports analogy, which is because I think it's more than just sports. When Jesse, o when when America had Jesse Owens go to Germany and embarrass Adolf Hitler in the forties to shatter his idea of the the was it the Aryan race with Jesse mm -hmm. Owens killing it, he comes back. He can't even find a job after representing America like that. Yeah. So he has to make a living racing horses. That's an American hero we're talking about. Yep. And came back hey we don't care like we weren't even allowed to fight 
for our country. That is the American way. Yeah, we won't even allow black people won't even allowed to fight for their country for most of for at least most of America's involvement in World War II. And even when they were allowed to fight, they had to lose all their ranks and start at privates. They couldn't have black officers. They had to be uh, they had to have white officers over them. Like even I even use sports again, like in football, black people until the 70s weren't weren't couldn't be quarterbacks or centers because they yeah. thought black people weren't smart enough to play those positions. We could do anything else. We couldn't be quarterbacks or or centers. And I'm like, how asinine is that? That is the American way. I mean, just go ahead. And I think you'll do a better job of kind of um, showcasing how much like black people have had to just climb to get to like the ground floor. And we're still not even there yet. Go ahead. I have my phone's ringing. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead real quick. Whoa. Uh, <laughs> um, well, yeah, I mean, I think it is truly a call of just what this country has been about and is still about and will always be about until it starts to change, until we start to debunk kind of the way that it's been structured. The whole infrastructure has to be it has to be wiped out you have to start over it just people will realize the opportunities that come when black people are given true equity and equal opportunities to to demonstrate a lot of the talents that we have to be you know the doctors the ceos the owners the the money marketer like the the big innovative creators that we're able to be, then people will understand like this is this is a reason for us to be upset. This is why we are here. This is why these things still matter and this is why it still is happening. And I just I don't know. It's gotta come. Sorry about that. <laughs> I'm back. How'd you Don't like? Don't ever do that again. That was <laughs> awful. You had it. You you did great. You did great. It's like but talking to myself in a room. It's weird. That's how it is when I do my podcast alone all the time. Strange. Mm-hmm. But um, so I guess I guess my next question is before we get on to what Forty Five's been doing. Um, how do you see? What is the end? What is the outcome of all this outrage, protest, um, like people actually using their American rights here for change? Like George Floyd, from now until the end of time, is an iconic figure in American history, which is a shame because so should Ahmaud Arbery, so should Breonna Taylor, so should Tamir Rice, Eric Garner. Oh, I can keep going. I can just keep going. Like even something as like Botham John, who literally killed in his apartment eating ice cream. How do you go to the wrong mm-hmm. apartment? But I, I don't want to go back onto that because I will rant and that I can just I can keep naming people even so far back as Emmett Till. I can keep going back. I can just keep going back, and that's ridiculous that I have to. How many is like mm-hmm. how many more bodies do I have to lay in front of you as America and be like, hey, come on. Come on. So um, what what do you see 
is, I guess, what's going to happen next in your kind of, in your opinion? I don't know. I think one of two things could potentially happen just because we haven't seen anything like this. Um, of this multitude, like I, I believe like on CNN, they had a map that showed like literally every single state was colored because it, every single state has some sort of protest going on right now mm-hmm. um, for George Floyd. They even show countries like uh, yeah, Australia like, yesterday, Germany, like New just Zealand. all over. Mm-hmm. It's going all over the world now. And um, one thing that my mom always says, she took a trip um, for her birthday where she left and she's like, People are just laughing at us as a country now. We have this standing, especially with 45, where we say we're the best country in the world. Yeah. When meanwhile, I even have, when I go back, when I went, last time I went back to Kenya, and I have uh, family who were like, well, then if you guys are the best country in the world, which I didn't even say anything, I'm just standing there like, hey, America is the best country in the world, then why do they treat you guys like that? Like you. Like best country in the world is such an overrated statement. I mean, we're not even we're not even ranked that high as far as like places that people would like to like live in. Let's not even even bring up like education and where we are there. Yeah. I mean, I think it is just it's always been what it's always been. And that's just what it is. And I think that with this current situation, unfortunately, it could go either way like people felt this way maybe not to this magnitude as far as like people literally getting out there and putting their bodies at you know risk and doing all these things when Ferguson happened like I remember that very vividly I think just about anybody I know like if we were to talk they could like literally tell you paint the picture where they were what they were doing exactly like with Trayvon Martin when that whole debacle happened and we heard the verdict like those were moments in time where we were like there's nothing worse that could happen there's absolutely no way that it can get any worse than what this was seeing this body seeing this blood and like i went to and then back to like my ground like when that happened and that was something you know very close like when i was the trayvon martin going in i'm in i'm in atlanta where you know it's that and it's like ooh, this is close Florida. And then Mike Brown, I'm like, that's home. You don't think of these type of incidents happening in the Midwest at this, like at this caliber. We always try to say like, oh, they must have been in the South. We know they backwards. But these places are, it's so clearly kind of changing those narratives that we've already kind of been conditioned to. And so I want to say that this is the magnitude that it finally took to change things because no more are we asking for permission. Now we're demanding, like we can set some fire to some things. We'll literally, we will hurt you guys where it matters most to you guys. And it seems to be property and, you know, (laughs) dollars. And so I, I do think it has the capacity to change. I think this could totally be the catalyst that did it. Um, just because I think people are so fed up with the results that we've gotten thus far from those other two big pivotal moments for this country. But I also could see it being like, wow, we keep on escalating. It keeps getting worse. We keep seeing the things and they don't care. They'll change maybe the chief of police, they'll fire the people and those people will relocate 
Next thing we'll know, you know, and we won't hear about them until another situation like this happens. And then we ask ourselves all over again, like, why did this have to happen? Why are they still doing this? How are they still able to do this? And it's like, even like the, the stuff with George Zimmerman, as much trouble he's been in legally since the whole Trayvon Martin killing, he has steadily been able to live his life as a free man, the majority of it. I mean, you saw what he sold the gun that he used to kill Trayvon Martin as a piece of American history and sold it as for like almost three hundred thousand dollars. So it's actually I'm like, you did that. Family. You did that to yourself. You did it. I just I don't know. What about you? How do you do you feel like this is going to be the thing that changes? My thing is um, there are two technically there are three different ways. Um, like I have this feeling that. Chauvin is going to get off. The guy who killed um, George Floyd. He's he's mm-hmm. going to get acquitted. And America will fucking burn. I'm sorry to cuss, but it will. <laughs> America will burn. Like It's going to be so bad. And me and you... And I think that's what we need. I'm and, with it. I mean, I'm sitting there like... I'm. The worst part is I'm going to call you. I'm going to call my mom. I'm going to call certain people and be like... What else can... what? They, y'all just don't care. They don't like, but we the culture literally of it. brought everything to you. Like, um, we brought you how it happened. We brought you basically every moment, almost every moment of the situation leading up to his death. We brought you the nine minutes of his life. We brought you the dude actually committing the deed. We brought you the smirk on the dude's face, knowing he was protected. Mm-hmm. We brought you, we like we literally did everything to have the whole system fail in this day and age. But it's not failing. It's doing exactly what it's supposed to do for the people that it's meant to protect. Mm -hmm. I think this now, like we are starting to see the value of our lives and our voices. It it literally, they have shown us, it takes a country of black people, allies, brown people to say something against one white voice. It took a nine minute video, it took burning down the targets, it took looting and protesting every single day for the past week and then some, it took like so many petitions, so much, I like, I feel like I'm signing like at least 10 petitions a day at this point. Like it took all of that for us to say, hey, we wanted y'all to arrest four people, that's it. And instead of that, you guys chose to suit up in riot gear, to tear gas protesters, to in to create curfews. And none of this was done when we actually have a pandemic on our hands, which we're still currently dealing with. But black people and, you know, brown people and our allies and all these people are so fed up that we're willing to risk our lives to go out there and say, hey, if you could just stop killing us. We would greatly appreciate that. And um, like this, I've been seeing this so many times on uh well, technically two different things, and I'll go back to, the, I guess, the other two instances that I'm thinking of on on uh, social media. It's like um, all you, everybody who's complaining about the the rioting and the and the looting and the destruction of property. It's like you guys are like valuing property more than human lives. One hundred percent. When it's like, oh, um, I agree with what you guys are standing for, but I, you guys lose me. Um, but it's a problem that now you guys are, uh, now that you guys are rioting when really it should be like, it's like a cause and effect. Like people are rioting because somebody died. That doesn't mean that, um, 
I'm trying to find the best way to say it, but I don't think I'm saying it the right way. But it's basically like you should be more worried that people are dying, like somebody is getting killed than that property. Because whether you like it or not, it, somebody will buy it. They will be built. Yes. They will be rebuilt. Yes. And, and Most of these places are insured. So at the very least, if you go and do some damage, do a whole lot of damage so that they can get their payout. Nobody like that is the that is the problem. Like we have got people have got to stop saying like stop talking to people about looting. Stop talking to black and brown people about looting. It does not matter. You can always rebuild and replace that store window. You can buy new merch. You can do all this and then some probably. But you cannot bring back George Floyd or any of the other people that have lost their lives due to an abuse of power that has demonstrated they will be protected. None of that stuff matters. Yeah. Yeah, and it's None also that we've so seen disgusting. yeah to see to see um the 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 protest like like the complete opposite last month when people mm-hmm. were getting mad in Michigan rolling up strapped looking like they they getting ready for a final battle in an action movie and screaming at cops at the state courthouse where yeah. I'm literally sitting there and I'm sitting there um and I was I was talking to my roommate and I'm sitting there like we can't do this. Yeah, we can't no. do any of this. But we've been shown like we can't be at home enjoying ice cream. We can't be at home sleeping in our own beds. We can't we can't walk down the street. We can't drive nice cars. We can't be in these places of privilege. Like we are this is constant com- confirmation for this. There's so like the fact that so many white people are so up in arms about all of this happening and the the protesting, the rioting, even that, like that whole narrative is something that I think has started to affect me because it's like, we'll call it rioting when we're, when there's black and brown bodies out there and we're demanding things and we're not saying it nicely anymore. But when gun-toting white men, especially, get up there and point guns at people or make videos of them in towers or creating like a sniper tower or we see them demanding that they open up the local Starbucks. It's like, wow. Yeah, those are great protests. Wow. Not Got realizing it. that, not realizing that, that as that white dude is screaming at that cop and how volatile that situation is that one it's it's already, it's, we got all the killing. All we need is just a little spark and we have a fucking problem. Yeah. In this, in the Michigan State Courthouse, literally, I wish literally, I could figure out how many people, how many stories I've ever heard, if any, of like an unarmed white man being shot because a cop was in fear of their life or their life. Like I wish, I don't know. Like, I, like, like you said, like you could ramble off all these names, like clockwork names of people that you've never met, never seen a day in your life, but now you know their story and you're forced to know their name because they died and they didn't have to. And it's like, wow, you guys exercise so much restraint and so much control and discipline in these other times that clearly are a threat to your health. So uh, I, 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 let's also tackle, just for the last time, um, what about <laughs> black on black crime? More white people get killed by cops than um, black people. All right. Uh, the second one, there are more white people in America than black people. Okay. But the data black clearly shows. <laughs> yeah. The data clearly shows that black people are more susceptible to get to be getting killed at traffic stops than white people are. The reason why it's it's so big on us is just that there's less of us 
and more of us are getting killed. Mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to explain that to you. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and it's people not- have got to stop saying black on black crime. Like it's not a fact, statistically speaking, that you are more likely to be killed in your own neighborhoods. Like that's just, that is just it. White people aren't coming into black neighborhoods and shooting up black people. Not necessarily, not by and large. So we don't talk about white on white crime. We don't talk about Asian on Asian crime. We don't talk about any of those things. So black on black crime is not something that we should continue to say like as an excuse for us not to be for us not to be outraged. Mm-hmm. And it's also it's it's also like if Ooh, you want especially go- from black people. Mm-hmm. So if if you want to go black on black crime, I'm like. I mean, if you want to go there, we can talk about the systemic failure that has led to when people when people throw throw my throw in my face. What about Chicago? I'm like, if you want to talk about it, we can talk about it. Yeah, we can talk about the redlining. We can talk about segregation. We can talk about all that and show you the whole cause and effect of how we got to where we are today. If you want to do that, but no, you don't want to talk about that. You don't want to have that re really so much like, re- revealing an accountable conversation. Yeah. You don't, and, and I'm like, then don't. I'm, I've said, I've sat there. I told, I told a person I went to high school with who threw that in my face on Facebook. I'm like, sit down, then, sit down, and we'll talk about it. Since you want, want to throw those, I'm so out sorry me, for the people that you have met in your life. And I'm sat there, and, and they, these, like, I, basically for for full disclosure, I've removed a lot of people from my friends list lately. Or I just good. don't associate with it. I'm, I'm just, I barely, yeah, I barely, you. yeah, I barely use social media as it is. And I'm sitting there like, I only have a Twitter for the podcast. So I just, so I could post on there for the people who follow me there, like the 20 people. So just so that they know that the episode's up. Other than that, I don't do anything else. It's good news. Awesome. And, and I'm sitting there like, and then on Facebook, just that I'm a part of a Facebook group. I just got invited to another uh, Facebook group, which I'll talk to you after well, the podcast. Like it's it's I, I think I just want to ask you about it. I didn't respond to it yet, but I just want to ask you about it. See if you know anything about it, but we'll talk about it after. But it's okay. just like I got these things, like I don't use social media the way most people use social media. It's like I'm in and out. That's how I do it. I'm in and out. I just don't waste my time on it anymore. Like if I, somebody wants to catch up, I guess see something from my life, I guess I'll post something on Instagram because I know Instagram will take it to all those places if I want. But even then, Better I don't yet, even... they should just reach out to you if that's mm-hmm. the case. So, I mean, just I just, just cannot believe how how many conversations you've had to have with people or like how many run-ins with people you've had regarding this in such a like it's, ignorant it's, way. It's just like it's like it's a lot it's one of them is like I haven't had this conversation with him yet. He's out here purporting like conspiracy theories and things like that about the death of George Floyd and I'm like I just I'm trying my hardest. I'm like are you freaking serious right now? Are what you serious you? right now? All right, what's this conspiracy? Tell me. It's like um the same doctor because you know they did two autopsies of George Floyd, right? Mm-hmm. And he the conspiracy theory that he purported was the same doctor who did the the, the autopsy on um, George Floyd was the same doctor who did the autopsy on Jeffrey Epstein and said he killed himself. And I'm like, you're wrong. The same doctor that did the autopsy on George Floyd was the same one who did it on Mike Brown, on Tamir Rice, and other notable black people who got killed. And I'm sitting there like, I'm just like, I can't, I can't with you. So I just like, I muted him. I snooze. I just can't do because I'm literally just going to like, I'm basically going to be like, I'm make a video. And be like, I'm just cussing him out. And I'm, and, and, and I'm going to sit there. And I'm going to be mad because he he's, he's, it's like, I'm getting baited to do it. 
if you get what I mean. It's like mm-hmm. I'm getting baited to do it by him. And I'm not I'm not gonna give him that satisfaction. Good for so, you. So I'm just in there like, yo. And and to some of the white people who uh who they say they support me, but you can just tell like you're not you're saying it, but you you either you need more education or you're just challenge saying because you think because you because you think that's just what I want to hear. And you need to challenge those people. You need to say, if you support me, how do you support me? In what ways are you supporting me? And if they can't tell you, then they don't know. And maybe some of these people genuinely do want to support you and don't know how. Mm-hmm. So maybe that needs to be a conversation. Mm-hmm. But ask them. You need to look. Hey, if you're gonna be an ally, you here to support. You need to step up because now's the time. Silence is what is killing us as a people, as a community, and as a world. Like, how how do you support me? All right. So let me go back to the, I guess the three scenarios I put up to kind of see what the future is. I said Chauvin gets off, America burns for a while. Chauvin gets a uh, Chauvin gets um, gets. I guess George Floyd's family gets the justice that they deserve, but um, but nothing kind of happens. Just kind of like, yay, George George Floyd got he got his justice, and then we just kind of try to go back to normal. Or George Floyd gets justice, and and we're like, we're not stopping there. We're gonna keep going. Like what I've seen from a lot of uh, people is like, we need to make our vote count in in terms not just nationally just because that's the more high profile one, but it's like locally because that's what affects us more. We need to vote yeah. um, like to kind of give you like Stephen King or Steve King, the representative from Iowa who said, I don't understand why white supremacy is such an incendiary word. And he lost his GOP primary um, yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and I'm sitting like, that's the kind of change you need. And yep. people have to understand this change is not going to happen in a year or two years or anything like that. It's basically like Corey, it's like our kids. Our kids will see that change. Like we we can see. Um, uh, we'll we'll start. I'm hoping. I'm hoping yeah. my grandbabies. And, and I'm saying like this change. I, people have to understand that. Um, I I know you want justice, and I know you want just. I know you want that change immediately. But you are fooling yourself. We are fighting 400 years of of a system completely built not for us. It's not going to happen within our lifetime. Like you said, it's probably not even gonna happen between our kids' lifetime. But it's gonna happen maybe our grandkids. I think there is a reality that the change could speed up, but I do think we as a country we're not ready for it. I think one hundred percent is like either we're committed to like speeding up this process and creating a change by drastic measures, and so therefore we need to continue to do these things that force accountability and force change to happen. Um, but I don't, I mean, I don't think we in today in 2020 are committed to those things just because I feel like we are all programmed to kind of just have like a micro minute, like attention span. There's always so many things going on that we're like, okay, we're steadily jumping from one cause to the next, from one death to the next. And it's like, we don't have time to sit with those things. So... I think like we could have that change if we were committed as a whole to seeing that through and saying like, all right, fuck it. Shit's gotta get, this has gotta happen now. Like we don't care about these things. We saw it happen in Minneapolis. Like we can, we see the small like glimpses of it, like the riots in LA, like all these protesting. Mm -hmm. But I also think like it will most likely fizzle down. And then now we're like, okay, slowly picking away at it. So hopefully by the time our grandchildren 
are out and about in this world, they have a little more grace and are shown way more love and compassion. Like I bring up a scenario in, in, or like I bring up another thing. So um, like in terms of racism, right? Like I said, imagine somebody just comes from outer space and you try and explain racism to them. Think about just how dumb that is. Think about how stupid that would be to like, even like in terms of like, or you have a kindergartner, a, a, somebody who's like, he's like, um, and then his parents are telling him like, oh, you can't hang out with like Jerome anymore. And he's like, why? Mm-hmm. I like hanging out with Jerome. He's funny. It's whatever. Yeah. Like they get it. Like you have to teach that to them. Yeah. You have to literally put the time and effort to teaching that kind of hate into somebody. And why are you hating them? Like, are you scared we're taking something from you? Because we're not. Like, we're not taking anything from you. If anything, you're just scared of losing the position. Like, what was it? When those guys uh, protested in Charlottesville with the tiki torches and ruined mm-hmm. tiki torches for everybody, everybody forever. And um, mm-hmm. they were like, you will not replace us. Nobody's trying to replace you. We're just trying to get a seat at the table, bro. You've had, yeah. you have all the seats. Yeah. We're just trying to pull our seat up to the table. That's what we're doing. Nobody's trying to replace you. We're not taking anything from you, even though you've taken a multitude of things from us. We're not even going to talk about uh, the one thing, the documentary I'm getting really excited to see is um, the Black Wall Street documentary that's getting ready to come out that is being worked on and how um, America cannot even like accept its own sins, the sins that it has done. Mm-hmm. Like slavery, like even Jim Crow, where white people could just walk into a black a black person's house, take the man, go lynch him, and nothing was gonna happen. Yeah. Emmett Till getting killed for whistling at a white woman. Allegedly. Allegedly whistling at a white woman. You beat down a child and killed him. And then now they have this little rebellion thing where they go up and shoot up the sign where Emmett Till was 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 killed. Mm-hmm. And you saw, you saw. I think I told you about it. We saw that video of that white supremacist group getting ready to do like a video in front of it before they shot it up, and they put sirens at the at the um, on the sign. So they played the sirens, right? Because they have a they have literal cameras on the thing now, and they played sirens on it. Watch how quick those guys got out of there. Y'all big and bad, right? That is just so disgusting. It's so disgusting to hold on to that kind of hate. Just seems. So hard. It seems so unnecessary. You it's could literally, so you could be advancing America as a whole with all that time that you're spending on hating us. You could, we could further America. Hell, I'm watching Elon Musk shoot rockets the other day. That dude's like, I'm trying to get to Mars. Like, I gave him, my kid's name's a math equation. We're trying to get to Mars out here. Meanwhile, you got people over there hating on me and Corey because we drive through Perry Village and we don't belong there. Like that's how I, I look at. Like just, I feel like we are better at some things than other people, and when we find that one thing, we have to hold on to it. That's it. They found their one thing, and they have got to hold on to it. It is ingrained in them. It is a. It is a system in which we have to protect it at all costs, and we've seen that. It's so. It's. It's so dumb. That's how I look. I look at it practically first, and I'm like, like, and I, I, I know everybody has that little bit of something on them. Like, um, 
like uh Corey, you're very like you, you when you you definitely think before you talk. You're very um you're very good with your words. Like just look at your your business on the side where you, you're helping people kind of learn more about themselves with their love languages, with their apology languages, just kind of be able to kind of like you said, I think be by yourself and actually know what that means. Okay. So um of course I've read I've read a lot of what you've put down. I've I've also started learning how to be by myself. I'm not there yet. I'm not on Corey's level, but I'm getting there. I'm right? proud of you. Yeah. But like if all of a sudden, um, like, you, and you have pride in that, right? But if all of a sudden somebody new who's basically uh, doing the same thing you are and saying the same stuff you're doing, and you've been doing that for a while, and re in raw reality, you're both trying to help people. Or you're mm -hmm. both trying to do, the, like, you're both trying to just uplift people. And that's like, oh, now you hate the other guy because he's doing the same thing you're doing? But realize when in raw reality, you both could just exist in the same space and, dear God, help more people? Yeah. That's that's a general example that I can put out for people. Like it's it's so dumb. It just is. And I I I I don't know any other way to explain it to people why it's just dumb. Racial prejudice is dumb. Systemic racism is dumb. Watching the was it the the I can't remember. He was on CNN. I think he was from the Department of Justice and he denied there's no such thing as systemic racism in America. And I was like privilege. You were so fortunate to not have to live that reality. And it's like, yeah. That's such a privilege. And it's like, in all aspects, just look at the last two months. Ahmad Arbery took like seven years to even start the, uh, seven years, 70 days to even start the process of him getting justice. Well, he was just, he was just running down the street. And Johnny Law and is that the narrative that we see is like we're just minding our business, but us minding our business in the wrong place is so threatening to other. And did you hear about Amy Cooper? That the, the lady, lady in Central Park? Park? And oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna call the cops and tell them a black man is threatening me. Meanwhile, she's That's choking the hell out of the dog, and I'm like, you know what that you were the like, American way, they snatched that dog so quick from that lady. But and we won't address the fact that she's using, like, you a black man, and I'm going to tell him it's a black man threatening me. I'm so scared. And uh, and hoping that they send out an assassin, because that's literally, that's essentially what you're asking for. You're asking for someone to come out here and handle this man who's literally just asking you to abide by the law. Like, and you didn't and, like it. And he's like, stop recording me. He's like, no. Why the hell would I freaking stop recording yeah. you? And, and, and he's like, go ahead, call the cops. Go ahead. Accountability is so threatening. Someone and then you, said that yeah. recently. Who and you hear, was it? Well, somebody? Uh, who said it? Somebody just said that recently. That should also, that's, that should also that be a shirt. Accountability, accountability is, so, is so threatening. Yeah. Like, police officers that get so mad when you're recording them, and it's like, why are you mad? If you're not doing anything wrong, why are you upset? You should be like, bet. Go ahead. I'm operating by protocol. Mm -hmm. But no, it gets very aggressive very quickly. The moment you see a camera, it's like, you can't uh, yeah. get out of here. How many times have you seen, like, even the apology that Amy Cooper put out where she's like, oh, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm not, I don't have a racial bias or blah, blah, blah. I didn't realize how my right? actions. Yeah. yeah. I don't understand how this would affect, like, the community. I'm like, no, you did. You did. Like you that's did. not that's not an excuse you could use. 
That's <laughs> not an excuse you can use. You knew. Like you knew. Ahmaud Arbery was in the news when this was happening. Like, you, knew you ain't hope for an outcome that you did not receive, and so now you have the white woman's here and pull it back. That's why we now call y'all Karens face. now. That's why we call y'all Karens. And then you saw was it the person who said Karen is just the K word just as bad as the N word? I was like, oh. I'm sorry, Karen. Actual name. I don't know nobody named N word now. I'm so I'm sorry, Karen. I'm so angry with white women right now. I can't even. I can't even do it right now. I can't stand it. I mean, we can. I mean, to just kind of go on a little tangent, was it affirmative action and how people throw that in black people's face, not realizing that white women benefited the most from affirmative action and still do anybody else and still do to this day. Still do. Same with welfare. But no, it's it's a black person problem, right? Go ahead. It is. Go Conveniently. Oh, I'm so angry with white women right now. I can't. I don't want the, I don't want the people to think I'm just out here. White women. Bro, we, for y'all to get mad at a, at a, at a word that much, oh. that's why we keep calling y'all that because y'all, y'all making it. That's a literal name of it's just a name. population. That's at least 10 of y'all. First, 10 like, of y'all population is actually. We were, yeah. So you cannot be mad. Like you We was making fun of that. What was it? We was making fun of the people. Remember that was it a couple years ago when that black when that white lady called the cops on that dude who was grilling at that park. Then she started yeah. crying when the other white lady confronted her. And, and we was coming up with funny names. What was it like? What was it grill? Permit I can't remember Patty. the name. Like Permit Patty. We had the lady who called the cops on a kid what? selling water. Like we had we had the he lady had trying to block it. a black dude in St. Louis from trying to get into his house that he lived there. I cannot wait for people. I'm not trying to say that violence is the key, but we have seen historically that being a little more aggressive and down to be confrontational has resulted in some some changes now. It's just I cannot like, wait for people to start hauling off and punching these people in their faces. That is false imprisonment. You cannot block me from where I live. And no, I don't have to show you that I live here. I do not have to prove that I am who I say I am. You either get the hell out my way or get handled. It's simple as that. I'm being harassed, but if I call the cops, I'm in, I'm gonna be scared that my life is gonna be in jeopardy. That's not fair. That is not fair. So yes, you gotta get hands. You have got to get hands. Someone's gotta punch you. I don't get it. Like to even go back to last, was it the lady uh, in Florida who basically uh, let her son drown in the canal? And then she said two black men kidnapped the son. Yup. And I'm sitting like, how dare you? Because they know. Because you what can't be a mother. Do with your little baby. What? Because yeah. you can't be a mother. It's black people's fault. That's who you're trying to pass the onus on. So that that because dear God, they find two black people, they get killed. Because they, they can they, they know. The fact that you can just use that as an excuse and put potentially so many black men in danger because dear god like just some just some black dude walking with a white kid and he's like, like mentor or anything like that like what well, we have at a place where we work and that now that person's in trouble yeah they don't care when they weaponize their tears they assume that it will be handled and they no longer have to be accountable for whatever happens once they've made these accusations, once they've made these calls. It's no longer their concern. Okay. I just, ooh, I can't deal with no white women. I just, I'm so grateful for this quarantine so I don't have to see no white women like that. But 
I'm over it. I'm over it. I'm over these white women. I'm over these white men. I'm over white folks being white folks and acting like their silence is not hurting people. I'm tired of it. I mean, to even even right before we got on the podcast where uh, Drew Brees is a professional quarterback and he's like, I don't respect anybody that disrespecting our flag. And LeBron's like, you are not listening. That's not why he knelt. You just saw the complete antithesis of Colin Kaepernick taking a knee like a week ago. You're not listening, bro. You're not listening. It's just so convenient that a lot oh. of people will say, like, it's patriotic. But even, like, okay, cool, it's patriotic. The most patriotic thing you can do for this country is go fight for it, right? Why are veterans not taken care of? Why are there so many veterans that have mental issues that are that go unseen, that are homeless, that have these addictions, that have a shorter lifespan than a lot of other people? Why? When they literally are giving themselves to this country and this doggone flag that y'all care so much about. Why y'all care? We, we can't kneel and we don't want to speak out, but you can't respect nobody that disrespects the flag, but the flag disrespects its own people every single day. I never heard so much about anthem etiquette until um, after Colin Kaepernick started taking his knee. Like, um, so y'all tell me at home when they played the national anthem, y'all was standing up. Shoot, maybe like one percent of y'all was standing up. The other ones, y'all was going to go to the bathroom or getting a beer or doing this or doing that. Let's be one hundred percent honest here. Y'all was doing it because I was doing it. And then uh, for y'all to just not even listen to his message at all. And then now Colin Kaepernick, he doesn't have to. I, the one thing I, I I did not like about Colin Kaepernick doing doing his protest that he never said anything. And then now, God, four years later, I'm so glad he never said anything because he never had to. You just have to watch George Floyd die, and you understand why, in the most direct sense. Yeah. It's crazy how the world works. It just goes full circle. And it's almost like this eerie sense of like, I don't know if it's like the thought of not having to do it purposely or, you know, just that just is how it happened. Like the action speaks for itself. But it's like, wow, you didn't say anything and nothing had to be said. And look where we are. Like it's, it was going to be another incident that would come along. And there's been so many moments since then. It's like now. We see, and now when we see all these videos of like cops kneeling, people are like, oh, look, they're, you know, they're doing this. And it's like, it's crazy how much like now we can, like, we can see kneeling and we automatically know what that's supposed to mean. Like, we know it's supposed to be like, oh, okay, you're not a good, you're, you know, you know, just seeing the police brutality and you're speaking out. And it's like, so when cops do it, that should appease me because now they're doing it because we've lost another black life that didn't need to be taken. Also, who are you guys who are not veterans to speak for veterans themselves? Whether you like it or not, veterans fought. Yeah, veterans fought for that right for Colin Kaepernick to take a knee. They also fought for the right for those armed uh, white white people to go into the Michigan courthouse and scream at the cops. They fought for all those rights that you don't like. They fought for all those and. I can't tell you either whether I'm reading comments on videos or reading op-eds or or anything like that written by veterans. I'm like, we fought for this right. Not even realizing the fact that Colin Kaepernick was just sitting on the bench to start. Then a Navy SEAL told him to take a knee because that's respectful toward um, the flag. 
We're not going to talk about how racist the actual national anthem actually is. That's why they cut out stanzas from it. There's so much that America tries to hide about its past without confronting it, and it's becoming a huge problem. You have to confront it. Yeah. You got you got to understand, like, I, I try to go down a little bit. Like, when we first, America first started, even before America, right when America was America, black people weren't even a full person. We were three-fifths a person. I mean, I've literally, <laughs> I think that was, like, one of my, like, that was one of my last straws in law school was, like, arguing with people who should, for all purposes, you know, consider it be intelligent people arguing them down about like racist a person not being offensive and why constitutionally like it's still still relevant it's just like wow even the people that you would imagine are like you know the cream of the crop as far as like intellect goes and knowing about political stance and presence and existence in this world and like how to exist in this way it's like wow even still no just no we had to fight for our right yeah to eat at restaurants we like we had to fight a right to go to the to the school that we wanted like that little uh little black girl in uh, mississippi going to that elementary school with literal u.s marshals protecting her to go learn how to well, I mean, are, right there. she's still yeah. alive like yeah to show you that like, this she's is still something she got so grandkids problem. now she got yeah. grandkids now yeah. so that's why it's like wow you guys are really that's one that generation basically racism is in this country is that when people start to protest racism people have to protest the protesters because that's so american like racism is so much a part of the american like existence and presence that any any statement or rectification regarding racism is an insult in an all out like slap in the face of white people America country. was literally started on a protest where they destroyed goods and businesses. Literally started on a protest. And you saw, if you kind of look down the tea leaves, the way we're, it's right now, we America at that time was fighting, hey, we're being disrespected. We need representation. We need this. We need that. We need this. We need that. To the point where we said, screw it. We're gonna go throw tea in the harbor, and then we're gonna start burning shit down. We don't want where we're at. Lose our money. It's always it's always gonna be about money and the the false identity of freedom. That's it. That's all they want to protect. They want to be able to do whatever the fuck they want to, without repercussion, should they choose. And they want to be able to control their dollars. That's it. That's the bottom line. That's all it boils down to. Are you gonna affect my money? And does your existence or your cause affect the freedom of me doing whatever I want to do? Maybe it's harmful or not to you and your people. Like, that's it. That is it. And that is the American way. Well, the kind of transition. So now we got 45. First of all, obviously, both of us are very, I don't know the right word to say about 45. But goddamn, you couldn't just be a leader. You couldn't be a leader. You couldn't be a leader for like, I don't know, like a week. No. Just be a leader for a week. No. Who's going to teach him how to do that? None of the people that he has currently on staff. He got rid of them a long time ago. Who's going to teach him? Who's he going to listen to? Literally to the point he leaves the White House and there's a peaceful protest going on at the church across the street. 
law enforcement beat up peaceful protesters. He tear goes gas, in tear gas, all that stuff for a photo op where he holds the Bible, the thing that he uses to, to galvanize his base upside down and backwards and backwards. And people are still defending him. He's not even, he's not even at least pretending to care about the faith of why you support him. He's literally like, I'm just going to take a couple pictures for this propaganda ad so I I get reelected because I got warrants and I got big warrants. Also, I'm getting sued because I I probably raped a 13-year-old from reading that lawsuit. But no, we don't want to talk about that. Just... <sighs> this is a literal Black Mirror episode. It's literally happening. This is the current season. We're living it. They didn't want to put it on Netflix. They just decided... <laughs> We were just gonna live it instead of just watch it. This is Black Mirror. Like it's weird how more than ever, like China is just like out here, like man, y'all ain't shit. What you got? Y'all y'all going? What y'all doing? We not. We not. Like, even like Iran yesterday held a pro held a vigil for George Floyd. Yeah. We can't take two seconds without talking shit about Iran, and they're over there like one thing that will galvanize people. And I feel like every other country has identified what it is. At least if it's if it's gonna be like true patriotic, like patriotism, and we're gonna be like, we can be shitty to each other within this country, but no one else outside this country can. We see that unify so many countries, but us, it's like, nah, no. Like when- The small pocket, not small pocket, but we're gonna put this specific pocket of people above all else. Nothing else matters. Like when a country that we have so much animosity toward is honoring one of your citizens to the point like what y'all did to him, all they're saying is like you did him wrong. Yeah. You did him wrong. That's all they're saying. And they're doing it better than our own leadership can. Yeah. Like Charlemagne put it, pull it, put it great. Like this is America's karma. Like before you point any point any fingers at the protesters, at black people, at whoever the hell else is out there trying to make sure that we get justice for George Floyd and we actually get actual change in America, you better point the blame right back at America itself. Mm-hmm. If we had years, expectations and experiences, it wouldn't be at this this magnitude. If we would have seen even a morsel of some change, it would not be at this magnitude. If we talk about violence. We have to admit where we got it from, and that's here. That's from these people. This is from our government. That's from the years that we've seen and learned um, about nonviolent protesting and the way that bodies are treated when they aren't white and the ways that justice prevails for those that aren't white and how we, in 2020, are still seeing that our lives don't matter, our voices don't matter, they will easily discard us, and there will be another headline in the next couple weeks, months, years to come. I want people to truly understand um, what I'm talking about, but what Corey's also talking about, because she's dropping nuggets in here that I cannot wait to go back and listen. But I want to bring up, I guess, one last thing, and then we'll start kind of winding down, because we're going about 90 minutes now, and we haven't gone this long since we argued about John Legend and Beyonce. Because you knew that was crazy. You did. We're you not did. bringing this back up. We'll, 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 we can, I can call you and we can talk about this. 
Just say that you're wrong. Because you are wrong. Nobody's going to be on the I'm not saying it. But whatever, whatever. But what (laughs) I'm saying, what I'm saying, when, when people really say Black Lives Matter, like, what do you think? What do you really think when people say that? Like, and hold on before you answer that. I want, I want, I want people to really think about what that question. When people say Black Lives Matter, what do they really mean? Because I can tell you what it should mean to you. We ain't saying we ain't saying Asian lives don't matter. We ain't saying uh, white people's lives don't matter. We ain't saying whoever else's race out there that your lives do not matter. We're saying Black people's lives matter too. That's what we're saying. Of course all lives matter. Of course it does. All lives matter as person. But the problem is when you say all lives matter, you're not understanding the point of black lives matter. And that's why all lives matter is a problem. Because you're literally putting down a segment of people that Jesus Christ every month somebody's getting done dirty some way. And most of the time, they're getting done dirty by getting killed. That's why we keep saying Black Lives Matter. That's why the emphasis is on the Black, because it has to be. Because like all of you who have those advantages that we are still fighting for, we have to stress that. Because Black is a huge part of America. It's a huge part. Well put. I don't understand, and I will never understand, and I'll just keep saying it, or I'll find better ways to say it. That That's why I'm going to call a Corey Smith who can say it better also. That Black Lives Matter. She'll say it in a way that you can fucking understand because I'm just going to get mad. And I'm going to be like, call. I'm calling Corey. I'm calling Corey. She'll say it. She'll say it better. I can write it down if you want. Shit. Go ahead, Corey. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I think you you nailed it. That's it. I am angry. I'm I'm tired of even having to explain that. The fact that the fact that all lives matter as a direct correlation and results of people saying black lives matter should tell you why they are not one and the same why there is a need to specify whose lives we're talking about. Because I don't know anyone who has lost their lives as a white man or woman to police brutality, especially not at the rates of black people. There's so many people that we don't even know all the names. There's literally so many people that they have put on art displays that have taken up entire billboards of names of black bodies who have been killed due to police brutality. Black lives matter because no one else seems to think so. I don't know anyone that does not regard whiteness as one as being fragility, of one as being so pure and innocent at all costs. There's not another body of people that really experience that at this multitude of people. That's not to say that other lives don't matter, but it is to say that there is a special emphasis on black lives because that is what we are seeing time and time again. This is 2020 
It was already an important year because it was an election year. And like I said, Trump got warrants in his home state before we talk about the other states that he has warrants in and how he needs to stay president. Also, I don't understand why as a president, you can't be charged with a crime, but that's a whole nother podcast. Also, you shouldn't be like 70 years old and running for president. Like Bernie Sanders, had a heart Bernie Sanders had a heart attack running for the damn thing. That's our, that's our government. You got to be Man. so old to be able to make these laws. And I it's can't weird. wait to just jump Trump. Like, I just can't just, <laughs> just catch him slipping. Oh, my God. Wait. They are going to beat his ass. I hope so. I, uh, and, to, and then we had a pandemic, something that hasn't happened in a hundred years. 2020 is a literal horror movie. When, the, yeah, when the Spanish flu was fucking up the world. And even in a personal thing, like for me, Kobe died. And I know Kobe wasn't perfect. Y'all can go ahead and bring up his uh, his rape case all you want. And I'm not sitting here saying that that didn't happen or that wasn't a huge part of this story. But Kobe was more than, like Le people say, Le like LeBron always says about himself, he was more than an athlete to me. And then um, to a lot of people in this people, world, yeah, like he was more than he was more than that. And um, I'm sad that his 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 Gianna died with him, and seeing what what they were gonna do in the future, not even just on the court. Like Kobe won an Emmy. That man had goals, son. Like he had uh, 41, right? 40, 41, 41, I believe. 41. That's so young, though. That's so young. Especially with basketball, how we see, like, Bill Russell's still alive. Yeah. He played in the 60s. Yeah. Like, basketball more than, more. I think, most sports, you can see the legends. Yeah. Throughout all time. I mean, hell. It's so much, like, pride in being able to say, like, as a living legend, that you phased out of a career when you were ready to. Not when, like... Your knees didn't work no more. You done had the umpteen surgery. You can't go back. Now they don't want to play you. They don't want to pay you. Like, you, he was able to, like, age out and retire well and was cooking up so much other stuff and just to get cut down. Like, oof, this year has been terrible. Terrible. Bro, I don't know what to tell, like, because at this rate, I'm not going to have any kids, man. I can't, I can't put, I can't bring anybody in here, bro. I just can't do it. And like, I don't know what to tell. Like, um, children might be the the key to the change, huh? Your My kids children? might be the key to the change. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Who knows? Oh, talk about my kids, your kids. Oh, I'm 100% bringing some children into this terrible world, and I'm just hoping, I'm praying that they're gonna be able to shake some shit up and change some shit while they're here. All I can hope for. I'm praying that I have a little. Angela, who can, you know, find the cure, the vaccine to whatever the next uh, COVID is, COVID-42. I'm hoping I, I have yeah. Huey that can go you some amazing Huey? Mars. You said Huey? Huey, yeah. like from, you would be, you would, you would have a kid named Huey. Like, I would like to have two kids. But who knows? Lord knows what's going to happen in the future. And I want the the girl first um, to teach the son, or to teach my son, as dumb as this sounds, how to like talk to a woman. And like when I say talk, I mean like talk in a way the way me and you talk. Yeah. Because 
Because, boy, I'm going to tell you right now, I, this is probably, when I look back on my life, this is probably going to be the most important time when I learned to be by myself. When I learned that, as as right now, as the world is literally going to shit around me, that I'm able to be by myself. And I'm like, number one on that list was my mom. Number two, Corey Smith, as much as she will deny it, <laughs> as much as she will deny it, she's a big part. Because I can definitely, I was starting that, kind of transformation when i met you i could definitely tell like i hit a few speed boosts after after we started um talking and um conversating and how i would call you randomly for dumb questions i will not let you say that conversation <laughs> i won't let you get fine. away with that <laughs> fine i apologize i apologize but how many times i call you randomly to just ask like what i i'm sure it's like a real uh, crazy question out of the blue. Like, what was it? The last time I called you, um, this out of blue a couple weeks ago, where I was like, hey, how do you feel about people who cheat? And then we just talked about that for like five minutes. Then you're like, all right, I think I got what I need. And then boom, I was gone. And it was just like, huh, why did, how come I didn't think about it like this? And I made sure when I, right when I got out of my car, I wrote it down because I'm like, of course, freaking Corey would think about it this way. It makes so much sense to think about it this way. And I'm not just like blowing, I'm just not pumping up Corey to not to just for no reason. Like literally I cannot give so many people in my life this kind of high credit who are not my mother if they did not deserve it. I don't see Corey well, every day. I, so yeah. I don't see you obviously yeah. I don't yeah. I really don't see you every day. Um but it's like when I see you I'm like all right I'm about to have either a conversation that I don't really have with anybody else. And I need it. I mean, some people just like, it, some just do like learning what my love language is. I'm saying, I mean, that makes so much fucking sense that my shit's quality. It time. matters because we don't talk about things like that. And I won't get started, but I, there's a book you need to read. I just finished reading What a Time to Be Alone. It's such a good book. And now I'm reading Vibrate Higher Daily. Can you send oh. me a picture of that book you just finished? Because I'm mm-hmm. going to finish this one pretty soon, the one I just showed you. So I need new books anyway. So, um, yeah, send me that one. I'm, I'm just, I'm obviously, we know we're going to talk a lot as Ahmad Arbery's case goes, as Breonna Taylor's case goes, and the developments that go in there as we remark on the leadership in this country, because, God, frankly, there is none. And um, I just want to thank you for tolerating me. As much as you do, because I know I don't come at you with the most like put together thoughts. But somebody like, okay, I every time I ask you, like, okay, I got what I, I and then you're right. I can like I can kind of hear you thinking like, okay, oh, this is what he's trying to say. All right, all right, Luther, here's what it is. Then then we go back and forth. Definitely, it's awesome. You're great. Eventually, my hair will catch up to yours. I just need like ten years. Ten. It's, it's, it's it's look at you look at how big your hair is compared to mine. Like I can still wear hats. I'm trying to get to the beanie stage where I can't wear hats anymore. Not beanies because my hats are too big. But I'll tell you this: I'm in. I can't wear a fitted hat anymore. These are all snapbacks from now on. See, well, if you don't go get your hair cut uh, tomorrow, then you'll be you'll be there. If anything, this this is definitely going away. The the, the this thing that goatee slash beard thing that's that's going away. I'm not a beard guy. Even though people right. like people like go get some beard oil and really put it yes, on. Come on, 
get with it. Oh, come on, Corey. Not you too. Are you serious? You're the one person I thought like, you know what, Luther? Sorry I think you should that. do whatever makes you happy, but I am saying, like, I am 100% an advocate for hair, natural hair, especially, and <laughs> all the great things you can put in natural hair. So, <laughs> yes. All right, uh, let let's sign off. I, we I, we could have we could have kept going for damn near three hours if we wanted because I think there's so many things that we didn't touch on. But um, thank you so much, Corey, once again for coming and helping a brother figure out what to say to the people because he can't say it himself. And uh, thank you, yeah, thank you for like soloing the podcast for like two minutes while I. Oh my out god, over. that was the scariest thing in my life. <laughs> And you want to host a podcast, and I'm like, you gotta, you gotta be able to. I'll be prepared then. You can't just be like, hold on, I got a call and leave. Now I'm like talking to myself. You had it. You had it. You I did. Got very angry. And also, I'm just trying to be. I'm just trying to be your co-host on that pod. That's all I'm trying to be. I have so to I can ask you. I can start asking people to be co-hosts. I have to start it first. And I keep telling you, I've given you all the resources you need. I have to yeah. get the things to make it a thing, bro. I could, I could get you a, a, a mic, and we can, we, we can start. You just don't want to. This is where me and you wow. part ways. This is my one, one of my few gripes with you. Just, wow. just get the that's mic. Not that's get not the, true. Okay, get, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get the stuff, and I'm gonna start. I need to get myself a new deadline because you know it was in April. But yeah. I just started. Like, I got my LLC stuff. I got all of the business parts squared away. I'm writing mm-hmm. more, so now I'll be able to. Actually I know I'm watching you. I'm watching you I post your stuff. My online shop, like I felt like that was going to be the hurdle. Now that I got everything else kind of in place, the book club is about to start. Now I can start on the podcast. I could even teach you how to use this as well, because you can okay. have multiple people watching, and they'll also leave comments and stuff on there. Like as you can see on the side, you can you can see like there's a comment thing on the side. Like mm-hmm. we can we can have a private chat where me and you or whoever's on the stream can talk. But we also have um, the comments where you can uh, kind of respond to people. Like, it's very well done. Like, I've really been learning how to use this. But then the next thing is to put videos in as we talk. Oh, and like can, a YouTube can channel where you can be like. Of, yeah. But I can kind of do it, like, while we're live. You get what I mean? So I I'm see. just like, we got we got something kind of crazy going on. You so, can start, like, your own news channel. That's a okay. good Kind of, but um, do you know who Philip DeFranco is? Should no, I? You don't. Uh, I don't know. an Italian man that makes suits. Is it an Italian man that makes suits? No. He's he Am does he's he kind of he does independent news on YouTube, and he he actually does a very good job of showcasing um, trying to do it as unbiased as possible. But like obviously everybody has their biases, but he's somebody that I think you should. Just look into. I don't know if you like him because I can already see it on your face. He doesn't make suits. He doesn't make suits. That's a it's a little misleading then. I I can't. That's what his parents <laughs> named him. I, I can't control that. But um, <laughs> yeah. All right. So all right, guys. Uh, thank you so much for listening to episode seventy four. Man, we're what's like? What's the anniversary when it's seventy five years in? When it's how many years? 75 years in. Look, I don't know. We'll figure it out. But, Almost um, so technically, um, in terms of all the total podcast things I've done, I'm at episode 96. We're talking all the 
bonus pods and story times, which I had a really good story time ready, but obviously with all the crap going on, I just I just put it down. I just put it away because it's not important. It gives people something happy to look forward to also. Yeah. Yeah, this but this, this, this one's a real yeah, this one's a real embarrassing one. So I've already said so many embarrassing ones on the Even pod. Better. Give the people something to laugh at. Oh, you, you can just say you want to listen to it. You can just say it, Corey. Okay. <laughs> you just want to laugh at me because I put I put this all this up. But um cool. yeah. yeah. So thank you guys so much for listening. Um you can follow the podcast on social media at YCMWT for both Facebook and Twitter. You can um you can call and leave a voicemail at the podcast at 805-539-2698. Um, you can have any questions for both Corey or myself. Um, you can also leave a voicemail there, and I'll definitely make sure to get it to Corey if there are any. Corey, how can the people reach you and learn more about themselves? Ooh, y'all can follow my business pages and nothing else. <laughs> um, what is it? My Instagram is who loves the black woman. So it's my Facebook. So not is my Twitter. My Twitter is a little uh, fresh. So don't even worry about it. Don't even worry about it. Ah, right, crap. I got to go follow you on all that stuff because I know about it. And I visit the pages all the time. I just don't follow you on there. Oh, so. or who loves the black woman.com. You know, might as well get some traffic to the website that I pay so much money for. You put a lot of work, though. <laughs> I know I know how much work you put in and to be able to watch it. I'm, I was really excited. And I mean, for somebody um, for somebody who has kind of no background in that stuff, you did a great job. Like, for real, you did a really Thank great you. job. And I know people. Fun. Yeah, I know people. <laughs> somebody's going to listen to this and be like, man, he's really blowing up Corey. But that's just the kind of person she is. Thank you so much. So, um, anything else, Corey, for the people? No, be kind. And when you see a white person out in the street, make them move. Can't put any better than that. Wow, that's a great way to end the podcast. All right, uh, stay on after so we can talk a little bit. Um, But thank you guys so much for listening. Bye, guys. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.